Started. Today is Daf Nun Zayin, which means yesterday was Nun Vav number 56. We're going to do a review of yesterday's Daf and then we'll get to today's. We are having a mind, Rufur Shlema, to all who need it. Amy Basvora, Henya Basronia, Hadassah Basronia, rather, and uh, all else who need it. Okay, and we're starting at the top of the page, second line on Nun Vav in our review of yesterday's Daf. Uh, we're talking about the um, the Mishnah mentioned that there's all these various types of acts of relations that are less than ideal. Basically, they lack intentionality for marriage. Um, it's uh, uh, or they lack the they lack a full of being a full act. And uh, we said, never no, doesn't matter. It, it it's still a good Kenyan. It still works. Now. What does that mean that it still works? So it's a machlokas between Rav and Shmuel. Rav says that it works for everything, meaning uh, whatever, you know, they're a full-fledged marriage. If, uh, if he does any of these, even, even though they wouldn't necessarily work in other settings, but it's a full-fledged marriage and it works completely. And Shmuel says it's only going to work with regards to the halachos mentioned in the parshas of Yibum. It's a special reboy for Yibum. And therefore, it only works for Yibam. So, in other words, he's going to be able to, by this act that's lacking in some way, he'll be able to uh, inherit his brother's property. Um, and it qualifies as Yibam that she doesn't need another act of Yibam. That's all it is. So, what does it mean that it's not working for, according to uh, Shmuel? What it means that it's not working for is for, let's say, her ability, let's say he's a Kohen, her ability to eat. Truma, that's what it's really lacking for. So now the Gemara is going to qualify the Machlokas. If, what was the original marriage from the first brother? If it was from a Nisuin, so everybody, so then no question, everybody, both Rav and Shmuel would agree that since she was eating already before, when she was married to her first husband, and this new husband is doing Yibum, and the Yibum takes over for the old husband, so then for sure it's going to be um, sufficient to allow her to eat, even though it's not a full act of relations with a full intent, etc. But if the original marriage as Erisin was only a betrothal altogether, so Rav says that, that uh, that's where Rav says that she still eats because the Torah was marbe, the Torah includes these types of acts of relations, even if it's shogig or mason or whatnot. And therefore, it's a full, full-fledged kiddushin, a full-fledged yibum, and it's as if he consummated a full-on marriage, and therefore she can eat on the basis of the new husband. And Shmuel says, no, the ribuyakra is strictly to be in place of the husband, same as to be stronger than. That's not what the pasuk does at all. That's ver- um, uh, and this is Shmuel lishitaso, because Rav Nachman said the name is Shmuel. Basically, that if the husband can feed, then the oven can feed. Meaning, if the husband was married to the level that she was allowed to eat truma, meaning he consummated that marriage, so then when the oven takes over, regardless of what type of beer he does, it'll also have that same ability. And if not, then not. And it fits very nicely, and this is the two sides. So the Kamarik has a question, talks about an interesting scenario. You have a Bas Yisrael, regular... Jewish boy, Yisrael, Yisraelis. So she's obviously not eating truma on the basis of her parentage. 
And, but she's of sound mind, and she gets betrothed to a Kohen of sound mind. So that, uh, so betrothed, although uh, she's not yet allowed to eat Ruma, okay? But uh, by the time he consummated that marriage, something happened, he got sick, and he became a deaf mute. He's no longer a communicative, you know, can't communicate, can't hear anything. Um, so the halacha is, is that he's not considered, um, that's according to Cheresh, he's not chayv mitzvahs. Anyway, but the point being, he lacks the intelligence to, 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 for the next stage. So she will still not be able to eat uh, chuma. If is, that, is, that, uh, is that even the What? The she married? No, it's oh, even okay. a questionable marriage, right? Exactly. What kind so of then, knowledge does he have in the marriage, exactly? So then it's one of that is. But the Erison was good. The Erison okay, was so good. The, 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 no, the, the, okay, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. Oh, okay, okay, Tio, Tio, it's not so simple. It's not so simple. Here's the, here's the kicker. What if this first husband dies and the brother... Is also cheresh exactly like him, and then she and then he does a yibum of a cheresh, you know, which is also lacking. So then all of a sudden she can eat ruma, okay. And in this way, the yavam's strength is stronger than the baal's strength. It's a fascinating idea, yavam, because it's kind of like because the yavam doesn't need das, right. even if this act of relations is. Completely. Right, but why is she, but if the but if but the husband wasn't able to eat, why is now able to eat? This is a good question. So the Gemara says, according to Rab, this works beautifully, but according to Shmuel, this is a good kasha. So Shmuel says, no, not to worry. We have a way out. What's the way out? You mean the second husband's going to eat Juma after she'll eat Juma? The second, they're both both are brothers. Right. No, the second can eat Kohen. Oh, she Juma. can eat. No, she can eat. The Kohen always can eat. Cheresh can eat through Juma. Just the marriage wasn't. The marriage is lacking in marriage, but the Yavam doesn't need the intelligence that a marriage needs. That's really what we're saying. But according to Shmuel, the max that a Yavam can do if it's not a full act is continue the previous one. And if the previous one was lacking, how does this get any, this can't be any better? This is the Kash on Shmuel. So the answer is Shmuel tell you that the, the, what the case is over here is that if he never did a, he never consummated the marriage till he was deaf, you're right, then she's still not going to eat Shuma, even after the Ibu. We're talking about over here is that he consummated the marriage when he still had a sound mind. And then, subsequently, he became deaf. And then, she will be able to eat with the, uh, uh, then she'll be able to continue to eat. Rest of her life. Even, even though, well, no, not the rest of her life. I mean, yeah, even though the husband, even though the husband's uh, uh, not, not of sound mind, she continues to eat. If the husband dies and falls before the Yavam, who is a Cheresh, so then she will be able to eat. So what do you mean that the Yavam's stronger than the, than the Baal? The Baal's enabling her to continue to eat, and the Yavam enables her to continue to eat. What's the difference? The answer is, is that by the husband, if he was uh, deaf-mute before he consummated the marriage, it wouldn't work. And now, when the Yavam is a deaf-mute from the beginning, she is able to eat. So in that sense, it's stronger. That's the idea. This is all the version A of the dispute between Rav and Shmuel. Then there's a version B, which basically shifts everybody to one direct, you know, to one side. In other words, it's not that they argue in the case of uh, 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 of Arison, 
and in Nisuin, everybody would agree. They're arguing it's the other way around. In the case of Erisin, everybody holds loy achla, because the maximum that a Yavim could do, if not doing a full act of Bia, is be equal to, equivalent to the original marriage. So, if it was an Erisin, and the Erisin obviously the first marriage was only a betrothal. And by the way, this is important to recognize that there's still a mitzvah zibum, even though the original marriage was not a consummated marriage. It obviously didn't have children. It still um, needs yibum, okay? But um, anyway, that's the story. So if it's Arison, even Ravel say that nobody eats. Um, because she wasn't eating by her husband, she's not going to eat by the Avam who's doing a, a lack, a, an act that's not a full act. The whole machlokas is, if it's from Nisuin, does, does it work? Rav says, since she was eating before, she continues to eat. And Shemuel says, no, even now, even that, she does not continue to eat, because the ripo yakra of Bia Shogek and Mezid, lacking types of relations, that's not really a proper one, is only to the things mentioned in the parsha, but not for other things. I, how do we understand the line that we saw before of Rav Nachman and Neymar Shmuel, that if the husband can feed, so too the oven can feed? Doesn't that sound more like what Rav would say? The answer is, is that you have to read it this way. An act of relations that a husband, that would qualify the husband to feed his wife, meaning one that was intentional, one that was meaningful, one with a, when he had a sound mind, that's the kind that works for the oven as well. Okay, if it wouldn't work for the husband, then when the Yavim does that very same one, it also won't work for her, for, for the Yavim. So that's how to read it according to this version of Shmuel. Again, it was a quote from Shmuel. Question is, again, from the same case of the Bas Yisrael that was of sound mind, that got controlled to a Kohen Pekeach, Kohen of sound mind, but he didn't consummate the marriage until he first became deaf-mute. And then she doesn't eat shuma. but if he dies and falls before the Yavam, who's a deaf-mute, then she will eat. And in that sense, the Yavam's stronger than the Baal. So this, at least Rav, there's a way to read it, the same way that we answered for Shmuel before, that's what's going to work for Rav now, because basically Rav in version B is the Shmuel of version A. Okay? So, uh, but according to Shmuel, there really is no way to understand this, this line. What, how are you going to say this? So the Gemara says that's a kasha, okay? It remains the difficulty, uh, di- it's a difficulty in, in Shmuel's opinion. And that's it. We don't give an answer. Next, we talked about this case, so, uh, but a little bit different. So again, you have starting off with the regular Basque Royal, who's of sound mind, gets betrothed to a coin of sound mind. And before he got a chance to consummate the marriage, he became a deaf mute. She does not get to eat truma. But what if... Um, so again, she's not eating truma, but she's married to this deaf-mute Cohen. If she has a child, though, then she will eat truma. Okay? Um, if the, uh, okay, so that's the, that's the, what if the son dies? That's the discussion. So it's a machlokis. Reb Nassan says, continues, she eats, and Chum says she does not eat. What's the logic of Reb Nassan? Why does she eat? The son's no longer here. That's the basis for her ability to eat. So Rabbi says, since she was already eating, she continues to eat. So Abayi says, what kind of logic is that? <laughs> if, a, if a regular Pasitrol marries a Kohen, and the Kohen then dies, she's going to continue to eat because she was eating when she was married to the Kohen? That doesn't make any sense. He, once he dies, so the, his Kedush is no longer attached to her. So same thing here too. This, but since the son died, the, her, the son's Kedush is not attached to her anymore, and therefore she should not be allowed to eat. What kind of 
What kind of business is this? Okay. So Rav Yosef explains that Rav Nassim's reasoning is this, is that the marriage of a cherish is enough to, uh, to really allow her to eat truma, technically. And the only reason why people would think not is because you would say that if, the, the, if, if, that if you allow for the consummated marriage of a cherish to work, people will think that a kedushin of a cherish would work. And that does not work. He says, well, Nisun and kedushin are fundamentally different and there's no reason to make things error in the first place. Now, just to give it a little bit of an understanding, the idea is this. The really, me'ikaradin, from if you're going to the, the primary halacha, the primary halacha is that a, a, a betrothed woman to a, who is betrothed to a Kohen should already be allowed to eat shumah from the Torah. And, she, and the only reason why she, the rabbi says she cannot is because she's, no longer, she's not yet living with her husband. She's living with her parents who are not Kohanim. She has siblings who are not Kohanim. If he's going to send food that's uh, as a gift, you know, like, oh, I have a box of cho- you know, chocolate-covered strawberries and, it's gonna, and the strawberries are truma strawberries. So what's going to be is, is that uh, she's going to say, oh, they're so delicious. Why? And she's going to give to her siblings to try, to try some of this food, which is truma, which they are not allowed to eat. So because of that concern, we don't, you know, she's still not allowed to eat truma till what? Till he brings her into his house and she's living with him. So when you think about it, there really is no reason to make that xera once they're living husband and wife together. That's the real point. And that's the, series, that's the idea over here as well, that, uh, that we recognize the Nisun of a Cherish. It's the Kiddushin of a Cherish that's the issue, because there, they're not really married in the betrothal level um, to, a, to, a, to a derisa level, because they're actually, he does not have sound mind to, uh, to, to create a Kiddushin. But that's all you really need, Minatora, to enable her to eat, they just need all that's lacking is they're not living as husband and wife. So, well, in the Sunnah of Acherish, they're going to be living as husband and wife, even if he's not of sound mind. So that's the logic, kind of. So Abayi says, if that's true, then why throw in the case that the son's born? That's nothing to do with the son being born. The answer is, is that it's for the Rabbanan's sake. Why didn't Rabbi Nassim argue before mentioning the son? He waited till the Rabbanan finished their argument, and then he argued. Um, why then did it say it this way? It should have said, if the, husband, if the son dies, uh, she doesn't eat truma. And Rabbi Nassim says, she does eat truma. Why would he, um, the way it says it, it's, um, it should have first mentioned the Chacham's opinion and then Rabbi Nassim's opinion. Because Rabbi Nassim's really replying to the Chacham. And the Gemara says, you're right, it really doesn't fit in. Why do we mention Rabbi Nassim before the Chacham? It's a little off. Anyway, but that is where we left off. And we're, that was that, that's the kasha. Okay, that's the uh, left off of that piece. We didn't, we didn't answer that. Okay, next thing we talked about is that this is also true for all Arayas. So Rav Amram says that we had this difficulty, that, and Rav Shesh has told us halacha, and we were enlightened from the Mishnah to the halacha that he taught. What is the halacha? You have a Eshes Yisrael that was, that was raped. Okay, she's... Uh, 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 okay, so the halacha is is that um, she is allowed to her husband because a rape victim does not become prohibited to her husband, who's uh, Yisrael. But nevertheless, if uh, at that juncture from the rape, she becomes already puzzled to marry a Kohen. And uh, even, in other words, let's say her husband would pass, pass on, and now she's a widow. But since she, somewhere during that period, she was a rape victim, she's now at this point, at this juncture from here on in, also to marry 
a Kohen. She's Pasla Minakuna. So the Gemara says, and you know, our mission really illustrates that because it says that anybody, these, any of these acts of relations, including Ones, which is a case of rape, we said is, uh, would, would be considered a pasos, would render her unfit. Um, so it doesn't make no difference whether, what do we mean? It's so too. It's whether Shogig or Mezid or Ones or Rotson. And it says, Paslala, it messes her up. So the Gemara says, no, the so too is maybe going on the other thing. It's going on hara. So the Gemara says, hara? Who's hara? Uh, 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 the, the hara of Arayas is not learned from Yavama. Yavama is learned from Arayas. So we would never say, just like the Allah of, of Yavama is, is that hara is enough for a Kenyan. So too, hara is enough to be chayev, meaning a non, not, not complete act of relations is enough to be chayev when it comes to um, other arayos, any any avera, so that's not true. It's not learned from each other. It's the other way. It's not learned. It's not learned from the direction of yibum to arayos. It's the other way around. It's learned from arayos to yibum. So the gemara says, okay, maybe it's uh, for the shalokedarka. So the gemara says shalokedarka is also not learned from from yibum. It's a pasuk in that talks about mishkave isha. So the gemara says uh, by, that's written by arayos. So the Gemara says the Vachain is going on Shalokadarka of Chayvei Lavin because there, there isn't. It's not part of the big big parsha of Harayas because it's only a regular negative prohibition and it's a whole derivation of a regular Chayvei Lav. Let's say by Almana Lekohen Gadol, Grush Vachalutza to Lekohen Hediot. All of those cases are that are considered even Hara would be Chayv and that's all learned out and derived from uh, Yibum because by Yibum it's uh, it's considered enough. Now. Uh, not Hara, we're talking about uh, um, Shaloka Darko. Um, so, Rava says, okay, new, that new halacha, um, the side fits, the switches it to Rava, not Rava. You have a wife of a coin that was raped, her husband is going to get lashes as she's a zona, if he's a coin. If he stays married to her. So the Gemara says, why not as Toma? Uh, she's uh, like a sota. So the Gemara says it both. Um, now, Rabbi Zera says, but how can that be? It says, why should you get lashes for it? It says, nispasa, meaning if she was not a great victim, then, um, right? That's when she's guilty. When she's not a rape victim, then she is prohibited to her husband, implying that if she was a rape victim, she's permitted. Now that and that's in contrast. That's because she she's married to a Yisrael. But if she's married to a Kohen, even if she was a rape victim, she would be prohibited. Now who is that? That's the Isha's going, and it's a, well, if that's the basis. So then it's a lava bomachal essay, which means that it should be a positive mitzvah, not a negative prohibition that should be warranted to get lashes. So the Gemara explains that uh, really everything is included in zona when the pasuk says over here by Isha's Yisrael. He loaned his pasasura. It's an exception for rape for rape victims that it doesn't have the regular halacha, but uh, the rest of Aisha's coin remains in the regular status of halacha of somebody who is prohibited. So it, and it's it's not it's not derived from here. It's just it wasn't part included in the exception, and that's the way to understand. But this is version um, version A. Version B of Rabbah's statement is that a wife of a Kohen that was raped, her husband gets lashes because of Toma. Now, um, not because of Zona, so the Gemara says, 
You see, the onus is not considered a zona. Now, fine. Gemara has a question on this. But uh, why is it lashes for Tuma? It didn't it say that if it's a rape victim, then it's mutter by Israel, which as opposed to Cohen, so it should be only an Israel say, which shouldn't get lashes. And that's where, Ra, Ra, uh, you know, we saw the same answers before. Everything was included in Achrei Ashutama. When the Pasuk says by Ishes Yisrael, Vilonis Pasuk is prohibited, so it sounds like if she was raped, then she's permitted. That's implying that Ishes Cohen stays as the regular rule, which is remains with the, with the full force of the original negative prohibition, like we explained before, and that's the version B, and that is as far as we got to yesterday, and we'll take it from the mission. Okay. Okay.